Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews. Coming up on this jam-packed show, we have the latest on some key players that are returning to action. When can we expect Zion, Kawhi, and Jamal Murray back? Plus, who really runs L.A.? So we dive into how special LeBron's 20th season could be and whether it's now or never for Kawhi's title hopes with the Clippers. Also, more players are speaking out about Robert Sarver and his suspension. All of that and more NBA Today starts right now. I do think it's absolutely insane that Robert Sarver's just going to receive a one-year ban and $10 million fine and just return to the sidelines next year and return to the building next year. It actually goes against everything that the NBA stands for. To think that someone like Robert Sarver that's acting in that manner can continue to represent us, that's bull****. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. Impassioned words from Draymond Green on Robert Sarver and Green's comments. They come in the wake of LeBron James and Chris Paul's social media posts last week that condemned the NBA's ruling of a one-year suspension and $10 million fine. And Green actually took it one step further when he called for an ownership vote to remove Sarver. All right, so let's have the vote. Because then also what we'll know is... Who else may be standing behind closed doors? And based on these votes, what you will know is values. Like, what, what are the values of others that, you know, quite frankly, we're playing for? We will simply know who stands with us and who don't. It's easy to sit back and not say nothing. I'm asking that there be a vote. If that's the only way, then let's see what those numbers are. Joining me now is Anscape senior writer Mark Spears, along with Zach Lowe, Baxter Holmes, and Ramona Shelburne. And just to remind everybody at home, it was Baxter's initial reporting in November of last year that prompted this investigation by the NBA and then the uh, suspension and $10 million fine of Robert Sarver. But I'm curious here, Baxter, why is Draymond's calling for an ownership vote here significant? It's the first time, such as I'm aware, that a player has called for a vote of ownership. We've seen guys speak out and say the NBA got it wrong, or we've seen past situations where they say this, you know, this person doesn't belong there. He's taking it a step further and, and going directly to uh, the, the point at which it would require a termination of an owner, the three-fourths uh, vote of all the owners. And, look, we've all made calls to, you know, around the league. I know that we could all say that, you know, we're aware that owners certainly know um, as Draymond pointed out, like it, it, if their votes got out, and then it would likely get out how they voted, right? They, people would know, and so that's Draymond's kind of applying pressure there by saying, if they're, we want to see who's with us and who's against us. So yeah, it's an unprecedented step. It, it's really interesting, Mark. What what do you make of these comments from Draymond Green? I know the Ice Cube's famous line: "Here's what they think about you." I think Draymond wants that. Mm -hmm. We want to know what you think about us. 
I don't think they want it to be out either way, but if it is a, there is a vote, we're going to learn what they think about it. And, and I just think these owners are, are about to feel even more pressure Sunday, Monday, media days come. Steph Curry speaks on Sunday. The Suns speak on Monday. But I, I don't even think it's just going to be Suns. I think players throughout the league are going to speak up. And, uh, and the water is going to get hotter and hotter on Sauber. Well, what's really interesting specifically about Draymond's comments is, like I mentioned at the top yep. of the show, we've heard LeBron James say yep. something on social media. We've heard Chris Paul. This is more specific, yep. Ramona. Well, Malika, I remember you were in the bubble when the Milwaukee Bucks decided not to play after what happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And I remember speaking to some of the people involved in that, and they said, what's important now after the boycott is, Actionables. What can be done next? What do you want to ask for? Draymond Green read the rule book. He, he read the collective bargaining agreement. He knows what comes next, which is to apply pressure to the other owners uh, to, to have a vote on Robert Sarver. And when Adam Silver put forth his punishment uh, of one year of a one-year ban and ten million dollars, he did not consult the other owners. This was Adam Silver making this decision, hmm. and he did it, you know, before the 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 owners board of governors meeting in New York. But they haven't had. The their say. It has not been put to a vote. This is this was Adam Silver's decision after reading the report from the law firm. And so let's see if the other owners will now feel compelled to schedule a vote or to weigh in on this because Adam Silver, as we know, works for the other owners. Hmm. I love Draymond using his platform to put this idea of a vote out into the ether because I said this on our show right after the report came out. It should not be on the players to drive discussion and potential further action on Robert Sarver. The players have finite careers in the NBA. They have only 30 employers to choose from. A lot of them, most of them, aren't max money players. And they, they have a finite amount of time in the league. The owners are richer and have no sort of time constraints like that. And, and look, we all know the reasons why the owners would prefer not to vote. Some of it is potential litigation from Robert Sarver. A lot of it is you are put in a position where you either have to vote to expel one of your own when who knows what could happen within your team in the next five or ten years. Or you are forever known as an owner who voted to keep Robert Sarver in the league. And nobody wants that distinction. And so they, we know why they're not voting. We know why that's not happening. You could, we could argue about the conduct versus Sterling and all that. That's the real reason why. And so I like Draymond putting this into the world. Like, hey, remember... You can do this. Mm. It shouldn't just be on, you know, forget Chris Paul, Devin Booker. They're max money stars. It shouldn't be on Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, minimum salary player yep. X to put the pressure on. That's not fair to the players. I do want to bring in a player into the conversation now. Kendrick Perkins, one of our NBA analysts, is joining us. Perk, uh, what do you make of Draymond Green's comments? You know what? I, I actually love it. I love it. And and here's why, right, is we look at, you know, going back into the bubble, and I said this time and time again, it's the first time that I've seen the NBA, you know, the, the players uh, and the ownership group, right, kind of come together. And we, we've seen over the past few years owners supporting players in their communities and social justice and things to that nature, right? So now it's more about action. So what Draymond is doing is he's holding people's feet to the fire and he's going he's trying to make people show their true colors. We hear about the Players Association meeting when it's time for the CBA to come up. We hear some of the things that some of the owners that are still owners today be saying behind the scenes and how crazy they be talking and things to that nature. So now it's almost like 
No, in this situation, with a vote, you're going to show your hand and expose who you really are and if you're on the right side or the wrong side. See, here's the thing, right? It's not about being on the player side. It's not about supporting uh, Robert Sarve. It's about right and wrong. And if anybody could sit up here and tell me what Robert Sarve did in this organization for us in Phoenix with his terrible behavior, and they could agree that he did something right, they're wrong. And so they have a saying. You know, my boy Mark Spears talked about mm-hmm. who he just bought up, Ice Cube. <laughs> I'm going to take him into a new generation. I'm going to go for Ness two times, all right? One of my new favorite rappers. He said it. Birds of a feather flock together. So at the end of the day, if they come out with these votes and the owners are forced to have the vote, and you see people that's voting to keep him in, then all of a sudden, hey, you kind of looking at him like, okay, you really on that side and you really supporting the behavior that he done. Thank you for that perspective, Kendrick. I, I think the natural next question here, right, is what power, Baxter, to the players actually have here to push the owners to a point where they would vote on this? I think it all comes down to the games. You know, we, we can you can see comments um, on a podcast or tweets or statements or, you know, maybe made at media day. But, you know, you referenced the Bucks and the bubble and boycotting. The players' biggest power is the games themselves. So whatever they decide to do, if they decide, you know, whether it's not playing in Phoenix while he's the owner of the team. I know that PayPal said we don't want to sponsor them while they're the owner of the team. That is the biggest uh, pressure point that the players can provide. Now, that's not to say, as Zach rightly pointed out, that it should all be on the players. But at the end of the day, people pay to come watch the players. The players are the centerpiece of of the entire sport. So the game itself is where it matters most. Mm, Interesting. Ramona? Well, there's three pressure points, right? There's, There's the other owners. There's the players, and then there are the sponsors of the league. You've seen PayPal say that they don't want to be associated with the Suns as long as he's still, as, as, as long as Sarver's still the owner. Um, you've heard now players call for this, but there has it's what's more been uh, words, not necessarily actions. Mm. And then there are the other owners who have really not offered any words or actions. And so I think there's still a bit to play out here, and and it comes down to Robert Sarver is the owner of the team. He's suspended from team activities for a year. But what happens not just right now, but over the course of this year? Is does the pressure from inside the Suns organization, which you've reported on as well, does that mount as this year goes on, and especially as they approach the point where he would potentially return? Right. And the next time that we potentially could be hearing from yeah. players, you mentioned it earlier, Mark, is Sunday when players are speaking at Media Day. And then again on Monday when more players continue mm-hmm. to speak on Media Day. We will have you fully covered Monday on our NBA Today Media Day special. It is an hour earlier at 2 Eastern on ESPN. And again, we expect players to be asked about Robert Sarver, how they feel about this outcome and what they would like to see change. Still to come on NBA Today, our reporters, they have key updates on star players returning, what we can expect from Zion, Kawhi, Jamal Murray. We have all of that. Plus, why LeBron's 20th season could be one of his greatest accomplishments even without the Lakers winning. We will explain. Also, we check in on the champs, how their offseason moves may have them ready to repeat. NBA Today is just getting started. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. 
The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic in tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We have breaking news here on NBA Today regarding the Boston Celtics center, Robert Williams. Joining us now is senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, what more can you tell us? Malika, four to six weeks recovery for Robert Williams III on a left knee surgery. Mm. He's going to have on Thursday, I'm told, this is the second procedure now in six months. He had that torn meniscus back in March, uh, returned for the start of the playoffs against Brooklyn, uh, and then was in and out of the lineup a little bit, played most of the way through the finals for uh, the Celtics. But uh, this is, I'm told, is more of a cleanup in that left knee, uh, a scope. And so obviously he'll miss training camp, he'll miss the preseason, and and very likely with this four to six week time frame into the start of the regular season. You know, Boston still has a roster spot left. There's still some veteran bigs out there in the marketplace if they decide uh, that they want to add somebody. You know, Dwight Howard is out there, LaMarcus Aldridge is out there, a player I was told they showed a little interest in this summer. But, you know, they expect to have him back at 100%. Uh, fairly early in the season. So I think it still remains to be seen whether Boston feels like it needs to go out uh, and get some help. And really, mostly, this is going to be a preseason training camp injury. Interesting. So four to six weeks for Robert Williams for a Celtics team that certainly has championship aspirations this year. Woj, thank you so much for joining us. So Robert Williams, he blocked 38 shots during his playoffs. It's the most by any player this postseason and the most by any Celtic since Kevin McHale in 1987. That's one more block than a certain player that I seem to remember. Oh, yeah, Kendrick Perkins. And Robert Williams, he came out at number 58 in the first installment of ESPN NBA Rank that was released this morning, which lists players 100 through 26 for this upcoming season. But as I was looking at it, I don't know about you all, but I was reminded how many players were on that list that we didn't even see play in a game last year. So it's time to set the table a little bit for their returns with the reporters who know know them the best. And I want to start with Zion Williamson because he hasn't played since May 4th of 2021. So Pelicans reporter Andrew Lopez is joining us now. Andrew, what can we expect from Zion this season? A new player who's going to get back on the floor finally. He Hmm. has a body that looks new. He has been working with Jasper Bibbs, his strength and conditioning coach. He has gotten in the best shape he's been in since he's been in the league. Multiple people around the team have told me this. He cannot wait to get back on the floor this year. Interesting, Andrew. Thank you for that insight and information. I want to bring in Perk, great and powerful Oz style, because Kendrick, (laughs) I hear that he was ranked 40th on our top 100 list. What do you think of that? You know what? I don't have a problem with it because we haven't seen enough of Zion. Now, in a small sample size, he showed us that he could be real dominant, but we got to see health. We got to see health. I have no problem with Zion being ranked 40. Look, it's not the end of the world. He's still top 50. I think he will prove a lot of people wrong. I think he will show a lot of people that he's healthy, but I'm going to say this. This is the right 
number for him, number 40. I agree with this. Oh, that was perfect. And Kendrick, I should have mentioned we put you on the clock for 24 seconds there. And, hey, you mm-hmm. beat it, but don't go too far. <laughs> we have a couple more players I want to ask you about. Andrew Lopez, thank you so much. Next up is two-time NBA Finals MVP who hasn't played since tearing his ACL on June 14, 2021. So Clippers reporter Om Young Masuk is joining us now. What can you tell us about Kawhi Leonard? Malika, to nobody's surprise, this is being shrouded a little bit in mystery. The Clippers have not given a timetable on his return because really the matter of fact is they are going to follow Kawhi Leonard's lead with this and see how he feels with each step. We've seen snippets through social media in the Clippers of how he's looking and doing in workouts. He's not, we don't see a lot, but he looks like he's bulked up. He looks like he's in great shape. Everything I hear, he's been religious and methodical about working out. He's organized workouts with Paul George in Santa Barbara and San Diego with the team. So he is certainly invested in coming back, but we have to wait and see how he's going to feel with each step. And keep in mind, Malika, Clippers have 11 of their first 15 back-to-backs before February, which means to me, I would not be surprised if we see Kawhi Leonard take it slow in these back-to-backs and maybe miss a few. Oh, what's that term that we've heard a whole lot? Oh, yeah, it's load management. (laughs) Hey, Kendrick, are you still there? I want to ask you, because we did not see Kawhi Leonard on the list that was released today, Mm -hmm. which, before everyone panics, that means he's in the top 25. Do you think he will play enough to be in that top 25 list this year? Absolutely. Look, he had a whole year off to recover. That's more than enough time with ACL injury. And listen, my body is nowhere close to Kawhi Leonard, and I came back in six months. He took an entire year off. I expect big things out of him. Forget being a top 25 player. He will be a top 10 player when it's all said and done at the end of this season. Kawhi Leonard Jordan will be on the mission. This is why I got the Clippers as my favorite, because he is a go-to guy and one of the best to do it. Well, you, you missed that shot on that one. But did you know, Perk, <laughs> that Kawhi Leonard, he just trademarked fun guy. So, you know, maybe he's going to be the fun guy this year. Don't go anywhere. We still have one player left. Um, don't leave me hanging. I appreciate you, my guy. Another all-star that missed all of last season due to a torn ACL is Jamal Murray. And Murray enters this year at 50 on the NBA rank list. So joined now by Tim McMahon. What more can you tell us about his recovery? Yeah, he's going to be ready for training camp. He, we've seen clips of him playing pickup ball. You know, he told reporters during a stop in Australia recently that he expects to kind of ramp up early in the season. He doesn't expect to be playing 40 minutes early on, but there's no reason that Jamal Murray shouldn't be able to get back to that guy who is such a dynamic sidekick next to Nicole Jokic. Honestly, I think the much bigger question mark mm. on the Nuggets roster is Michael Porter Jr. Right. Didn't miss all of last season, but missed most of it coming off another back surgery. When you're talking about multiple back surgeries, obviously that is a major, major concern. Uh, I think Murray can be back at a star level. I'm a skeptic on Porter. And Michael Porter Jr. is going to be so important to this team's success. Let's bring Perk in one more time because, Kendrick, I know you said that you have the Clippers sitting atop the West. Where's Denver going to fall? Top five. And and part of the reason is I think the Jamal Murray this season is going to be a first-time All-Star. I think he's going to have a hell of a regular season. When you're away from the game, you miss it, right? And he was able to see his big fella, Jokic, the two-time MVP, go out there and basically carry that team. I think it's laid out for him to come in and be the best version of himself. And I got him being a first-time All-Star. He is a top 50 player. Oh, all right. First-time All-Star. And he beat the shot clock Mm -hmm. on that one. Hey, Kendrick, you got a little more left in the tank? 
Yeah, I, I got a lot left in the tank. He's got a lot left in the tank. So coming up on NBA Today, Perk, he gives us his take on our NBA rank. Who you got? Is it Drew or Kyrie? Simmons or Westbrook? You do not want to miss that. Plus, could the Warriors run into some contract issues with Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins? Could Draymond test free agency next season? We will explain. And how will the season be remembered for the Lakers? Do the Clippers have the highest ceiling in the league? All these questions will be answered. That's next on NBA Today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching NBA Today. So LeBron dropped this image on his Instagram this morning. There, there's some debate over whether it's a filter or if LeBron actually shaves. I, I remember him pulling this before, Dave. Is, is my memory serving me correctly? I think it was like summer 2017 or 2018. He was in the gym with a very yeah, yeah. short haircut, rocking out some music. This, to me, looks Photoshopped, though. I mean, we need the, the bald expert Richard Jefferson to weigh in here. But uh, <laughs> to me, I'm going to go with Photoshopped as well. Uh, going bald, it, it's not a requirement to make this list, but I do want to take a look at the top five scorers in NBA history because uh, is there a trend here, everybody? Maybe, maybe not. Like if LeBron Jordan wants to join this club. played his best basketball when he shaved off his hair. Let's just call it like it is. Do you think you do your best writing if you shaved off your hair? Absolutely. Oh, no, well, you, can't touch, you can't touch that head of hair. Oh, no, 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 no these are locks that, that Brian Windhorst has. <laughs> you automated. You don't have to worry about your hair anymore. It gives you more time to focus I'm gonna on scoring. I'm going to defend Kobe here. Kobe was not bald. He had a he five had o'clock a, shadow. very fine wear of hair up there. Okay, Larry David. Well, LeBron <laughs> is just 1,326 points away from passing Kareem and becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer. He would get there in 54 games by averaging just 25 points per game, which he has surpassed the last 18 years. And LeBron is also set to pass another Showtime Laker, Magic Johnson, wow. on the all-time assist list. He's only 97 dimes away from moving past Magic for sixth, and he's 291 away from passing Mark Jackson and then Steve Nash. And then James is 10th on the all-time steals list, and he's only 27 away from getting ahead of one of the best defensive players of all time. Of course, Akeem Olajuwon for ninth, 72 away from passing Clyde the Glide, eighth, and then LeBron can move in to the top 10 on the all-time three-point assist list as soon as opening night. He's four away from passing Paul Pierce for that. 
Jamal Crawford, Jason Terry, Vince Carter could all be in bronze crosshairs as well. All right, well, we have an all-star team of NBA reporters joining us now. Zach Losta with us, Ramona Shelburne, along with Dave McMenamin and Brian Windhorst. So we all just saw the, the milestones that LeBron could pass this mm-hmm. year, and it was a whole lot. I'm actually a little bit out of breath. So, Dave, I'm just going to pass it sure. to you here. We've seen LeBron do incredible things in the regular season and in the playoffs and have it not be enough for his team. So who is this year hinging on? I mean, it really comes down to how Anthony Davis can play. If he can get back to the level he played in year one in L.A. where he played in more than 80% of the Lakers games and obviously helped them win that championship in the bubble. The last two years, he's missed more games than he's played in. That's been a major problem. And, you know, LeBron James will certainly be part of that. And then figuring out where you go from there, because there's a glut of guards going on with this team right now. Obviously, we know Russell Westbrook, as of right now, will be with the Lakers to start the year. They signed Dennis Schroeder, who's trying to make good after, you know, a tough time in Boston last year. You have Kendrick Nunn, who's trying to come back. And I'm told that they're going to not put point guard duties on his plate because they feel like they just want to get a confidence back as a scorer and Pat Beverly is going to be their primary wing defender in order to preserve his energy you take him off playing point guard duties as well so listen there's a lot of question marks with this team for sure biggest question mark for me though is whether Anthony Davis can return to the guy he was a couple years ago that that's that that to me is it Zach yeah I mean if they get 120 games combined from LeBron and AD I think this team has a really high floor I think they're in the playoffs it's a four it's hard to see them winning fewer than 45 games, and you get a puncher's chance in a first-round playoff series. Nobody wants to face those two guys at full strength. But I think to win two, three, four playoff series, which is what you're trying to do when you have LeBron James at age 37, this team is still a move away from having a roster constructed to do that. So to answer the first question, I think it's the, it hinges on, more than anyone else, Rob Polinka and the basketball gods providing some sort of mid-season, early-season something trade that reshapes this roster because the Lakers are they're still haven't given up hope of, of trying to trade Russ for pieces that fit better, but there just isn't something apparently right now that works. And I, I, I think without that, they're still short of being a real inner circle contender, even if LeBron and AD are LeBron and AD. Hmm. They have no shooting, Zach. We're in an era where you absolutely have to have shooting to compete in the NBA. It's not how good you're shooting. It's not how much shooting you have. It's like how elite is it? They have no shooting. I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, Dave just, Dave just illustrated a plan, which sounds like a good thing to present in a nice white paper about Beverly will be this guy and none will be this guy. That makes sense until you realize you're asking a whole bunch of guys to play out of position, guard guys much bigger than them, and none of them can shoot. Mm. I mean, I would argue that I didn't hear Austin Reeves' name. I think Austin Reeves should play yeah, a ton. He's going to play a ton. Mm-hmm. Austin Reeves can't shoot either. Pat Bev was 38% from three the last few years. He can shoot. Pat Bev had the worst three-point shooting season of his career last year. That's, that, that's one season. I think Pat Bev on this team will be a good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, good enough to be on the floor. Now, the other two spots, to your point, are... TBD. Well, well, they have they had multiple issues to fix from last year. Their defense was atrocious. They didn't have a lot of shooting. You can't fix everything all at once. They've attempted to fix the defense first, or at least get better on defense. But it's what we talked about before. It comes down to availability. And Anthony Davis, as you noted, Dave, has, has, play, has missed more games than he's played in. Um, if he's on the court, they have 
a better defense and theoretically a better offense just because he of the way he and LeBron can play together. But I think the, the biggest issues for them is they, they don't have a lot of optionality in terms of improving. They don't have a lot of assets. They have the two draft picks we've talked about, but they've also in recent trade conversations shown an unwillingness to add salary beyond this year because they're trying to preserve as much space for next year when presumably you could add a max free agent like okay. let's say a Kyrie Irving or somebody in that, that vein, a Draymond Green. Um, th- that is, those are two issues they have not budged on thus far. They have to, and, and this is what happened last year with the trade deadline, you have to give the reason, you have to give the Lakers a reason to do it. They have to mm. play well enough to put themselves in a position where they feel confident making one of those moves to compromise either the draft picks or the cap space. So that's going to be the tough pill to swallow for Lakers fans though because they are going into the year with the acknowledgement that this is not a championship team and we have built our entire reputation what we stand for as, as an organization is raising championship banners and thus far without making that move pulling that lever calling it in calling utah making that move they are saying we just aren't there right now well there is a team in los angeles that we just heard kendrick perkins say may have a very good chance of raising a championship banner this year and that is the los angeles clippers i don't want to forget about them this is a discussion about the la teams and it's really been a one-sided rivalry over the last 10 years the clippers dominated 32 to 7 head to head with the lakers that would be a 67 win pace over an 82 game season let me say that again that is just incredible before this stretch the lakers have won 77 percent of the time since the clippers moved to la in 84-85 ramona you had an even more staggering stat than all of that yeah you wanted so we were we were trying to we've always been doing the battle for la right since 2019 when the clippers got paul george and Kawhi leonard and anthony davis was traded to the lakers i know that anthony davis has this reputation for not being available the charles barkley calls him street clothes he's played in more games in those in those years since 2019 than either Kawhi, Kawhi or Paul George. What? Whoa. Either. Anthony Davis played 138, Kawhi's played in 102, and Paul George played in 133. Anthony Davis, as unavailable as he has been, as Davis outlined, has played in more games than either Kawhi or Paul George. And yet the Clippers are still soaring and we expect them to get Kawhi Leonard back. Do they have the highest ceiling in the NBA, Zach? So another stat that wasn't included in the yeah. Lakers-Clippers rivalry from the last 10 years or whatever is one ring That's right. to zero rings. This is the biggest season in the history of the Clippers franchise. Mm. This is year four of Kawhi and Paul George. Now injuries have, have cut short a couple of them. The bubble was an absolute disaster for them. This is it. This is the one. They are loaded. They're 15 deep. They're the deepest team in the NBA. They have both their stars back. Are they the undisputed championship favorite? I would say no, but they're in that inner circle. You can pick Boston, Milwaukee, Clippers, Warriors. I mean, that's where they are. This is the year, and it has to come together. Obviously, that's going to depend somewhat on health. But that it, you can clown the Lakers 32-7, and seven, one ring, zero rings. Hmm. Brian? The financial might of the Clippers yeah. is as great as any team in American sports. The Warriors set a record for the all-time spending last year. The Clippers will have the highest payroll this year. And when you look at the contracts that they have signed, all kinds of talent and depth, Zubac, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Marcus Morris, Covington, Jackson, all of those guys are tradable. So not only is this team got George and, and, uh, and Kawhi in healthy for the time being, they have, in, they have the ability to outspend everybody. There's only one team that can outspend the Warriors. 
It is Steve Ballmer. They will continue to spend. So not only do they have a good team of healthy, they have the ability, unlike the Lakers, potentially, because they have all these assets to trade to improve as the season goes on. And Brian, the old axiom in the NBA is too much depth is no depth because you don't know who you're going to play. I'll bet on the guy in Toronto who get the most out of Kyrie Irving and LeBron James to share one basketball to be able to figure it out with that group. Oh, yeah. Well, the Clippers are going to open up their preseason against the Trailblazers, and then they will face the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, and speaking of the Timberwolves, now to news coming out of the league office. Minnesota Timberwolves guard Anthony Edwards has been fined $40,000 for using offensive and derogatory language on social media. That's according to the president of league operations, Byron Spruell. And last week, in an Instagram post that has since been deleted, Edwards took a video of a group of people standing on a sidewalk from inside the car, and he used a homophobic comment to describe them. Edwards apologized for the video after it had circulated on social media. Still to come on NBA Today, we reveal our rank. So who do you have? Is it Simmons or Westbrook? Drew or Kyrie? Take your pick. More NBA Today after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to NBA Today. ESPN NBA rank is back again and surely no one no one's going to disagree with any of these right we got it absolutely 100% perfectly correct so the rankings for players 100 through 26 are available now on ESPN.com make sure to go and check that out but let's see if our panelists can guess who was ranked higher out of the pairings we put together Kendrick are you ready I'm always, I'm always ready. Maybe you were born ready. All right. Remember, yeah. lower is better. So, <laughs> Perk, who should be ranked better? Who should be ranked higher going into the season? Drew Holiday or Kyrie Irving? Oh, Drew Holiday, for sure. Drew Holiday should be ranked okay. higher than Kyrie Irving. Yeah, All right. lower than Kyrie Irving. Higher, right, lower. Take- yeah, he should be the favorite. Oh, so you got there you go. See, in the break. I was saying I thought Kyrie would be ranked higher, therefore have a lower number than Drew. But, but Zach, and you I made gave a you face side eye. Yeah, so did Brian. Everyone gave me side eye. What do you think, Brian? <laughs> I think if you called the Nets and gave them truth serum and said if you could trade Kyrie for Drew Holiday right now, they would. The reason I think he's ranked higher is because he's a A-plus defender. And look, I saw him play alongside Kevin Durant when the Americans won the, the uh, gold medal in Tokyo last year. He was awesome next to Kevin Durant, so I'd like to hear that one. I mean, it's it's no disrespect to Drew Holiday. He, he's a, a champion more recently, but I just, you know, Kyrie Irving is just an incredible player. Zach, am I wrong here? 
Uh, I don't really think truth serum would be necessary to elicit that from the Nets. Maybe like diet Dr. Pepper might get the job done. I mean, not even full sugar. One guy, one guy played a lot, and the other guy didn't play a lot, and is an endless distraction to his team. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'll take Drew Holiday. Thank you very much. Okay, and moving on, Kendrick Perkins. Who should be ranked higher, Russell Westbrook or Ben Simmons? Oh, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook okay. shouldn't even be close. Let, let's see. Oh, it's not that close. What do we think, Zach? I, again, going by my standard of one guy played and one guy didn't, you can fault Russ all you want. He was a horrible fit in Los Angeles. The jumper is gone. The turnovers are up. And he played. He played hard. He played every night, almost every night. And the other guy didn't play. We haven't seen him since passing to Matisse Steibel when he should have just dunked the ball or gotten fouled. So it's all TBD on Ben Simmons and the Dunder Mifflin Brooklyn Nets presented by On Paper. Brian Winhorst. <laughs> Good job. Um, I'm surprised Ben Simmons is ranked this high after last year because of how much of a disaster last year mm. was not only off the court but his injury. But if you're asking me who I'd rather have, I'd rather have Ben Simmons. Number one, he's younger. Number two, he's bigger. Number three, he defends. And I need a, I need a high-level defender to win at the highest level. But I can't debate anything that Zach just said. I know that Russ is going to be there. He plays through everything. He plays hard, and I certainly do respect that. Okay, I have a tough one for you, Kendrick. Are you ready? I know you had you said you had some left in the tank. <laughs> Come on. All right, how Let's about LaMelo Ball versus Darius Garland? Who should be ranked higher? Well, Malika, this is not tough. I'm going with Darius Garland. Darius Garland, he's more reliable. He's more efficient. He's a better point guard. He's not as flashy. I'm going with Darius Garland. Well, Should guess be what? ESPN.com had Darius Garland 46 and LaMelo Ball at 41. You think they got it wrong? Shame on, shame on them. All right. Zach? <laughs> I, LaMelo is on my too high list uh, in terms of too high, too low. Look, I think Apex LaMelo Ball, which we're a long way from, is potentially better than Apex Darius Garland because of his size and his defense and his playmaking. But right now, Darius Garland has a certain calm and precision to his game as a shooter and a passer and, frankly, a leader mm. on that team. It's Darius Garland all day going into this season. Yeah, LaMelo is a big-time playmaker. Uh, Darius has been a big-time shot maker. Mm. And, I mean, he really carried the Cavs at times last year. This is very close. Uh, I certainly would be very happy to have LaMelo as my franchise point guard for right. the next 10 years. But Garland is right there. In fact, Garland's stats were slightly higher. LaMelo has been a little healthier, although he did break, uh, have that wrist injury at the end of last season. Darius has history of knee injuries. I don't know how you've put in health, but I'm having difficulty separating them, but I have no problem. I'd love to have both of them on my roster. Darius Garland has impressed me with mm. what he has done on the court, but you mentioned leadership, Zach. I had a conversation with him during All-Star Weekend of last year. He is a very impressive young man. He's legit. The head that he has on his shoulders, the Cavaliers have, have someone who is not only going to be a leader on the floor, be a floor general for them, but also a leader in the locker room. And, and it's not just about the veterans mm -hmm. in that locker room. He's bringing that young leadership as well and he, he really impressed me. So I'm going to give him the slight edge. I think ESPN.com got that right. You all can make sure to check out all of the rankings. And remember, the top 25 have still yet to be unveiled. So who will be on that list and in what order? We know Perk's going to have some comments on that. Coming up next, though, on NBA Today, we're going to check in on the champs, what their expectations should be heading into next season. Don't go anywhere.
injuries, and to get back here and get it done means the world. The champs, they have some decisions to make regarding the contracts of Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. You can see the details there on your screen. I want to welcome in our Warriors <laughs> reporter, Kendra Andrews. Kendra, what can you tell us about the progress the Warriors are making, if any, on those extensions? Yeah, Malika, those conversations really haven't started in earnest yet. When it comes to the rookie contract extensions, mm. non-max contracts, those usually don't really pick up. Those conversations don't pick up until closer to that October 17th deadline. So as we get closer to that, as we move into October, then those conversations for Jordan Poole pick up. But look, with the Warriors' salary, with the, the landscape of their money, they're not rushing into any of these conversations. So when you look at Andrew Wiggins, yeah. they have all season to figure out that extension. And Draymond Green, that's a couple years away. So that is definitely lower on their list of priorities right now. Okay, so let's talk about something that's a little bit closer to happening. The return of James Wiseman. It's been 528 days since we've seen him play in the NBA. What can you tell us about when we might see him next? Well, training camp, right? Media day, training camp, their preseason games, all signs are pointing that he's going to be ready to play in those. He played in summer league. He felt good. He told me he put on about 7 to 10 pounds Ooh. of muscle. He looks huge, you guys. He looks good. And the hope for the Warriors is as they head into camp, they can start really figuring out what are the specific areas he needs to improve on. They want him to be a good rebounder, mm. uh, a good um, rim protector, finish around the rim. But that's, they're going to figure that out as he plays more five-on-five. I'm, I'm really happy for this kid. It's been a nightmarish two years for him. I did a diary with him his rookie year. Mm -hmm. She only played half the season. And, you know, it'll be an emotional first game for him. One, because he's going to get a ring. Uh, but also because he hasn't played an NBA game in a while. But the summer league allowed him to get the rust off, to get the confidence back, to show him that he could play. And he ran well. And he looked great. And there won't be pressure with Looney being there for him to be magnificent early. Mm. But I think Summer League was sensational for him mentally to get back into it. And I, I expect uh, Wiseman to be a force for the Warriors next season. Well, Kendrick, we know that size, the perimeter defense has been an issue for the Warriors. Obviously, it's something they overcame. So certainly they're looking forward to having James Wiseman back. But the Warriors, they go mm -hmm. as Steph Curry does, right? What do you think we can expect from the new finals MVP this season? Well, Malika, from what I'm being told, I think oh, oh, we did a Kendrick uh, Kendrick oh, there. I'm I know go with Perk because oh, oh, you're my, my no, uh, you're my sister. Names are too similar. Right? <laughs> you're my sister. I'm always going to go with Perk. Go ahead, yeah. Kendrick. Kendrick, Ick, Kendrick. Oh, my bad, my bad, Malika. Listen, I expect I expect Steph to lead to to come back just where he left off at. I think Steph is still on the mission. I think Steph is not satisfied. Um, when you talk about one of the guys who gets it done in the offseason as far as his work habit, habits, we hear the stories. We hear everything. Now he knows, right? He has embraced that role of actually being the leader. We hear how he then took Jordan Poole up under his wing. We saw him, you know, pull those guys along. Andrew Wiggins. We saw him be a better defender. Steph has a lot in the tank. We know he's going to shoot a lot of threes. I think he's going to come back better, and I think he's going to try to come back to, to, you know, to defend his title along with his finals MVP. Well, let me be clear and use our family nickname here. Kendi Pendy. What do you think? Wow. <laughs> this is the last time I'm ever on the show with Perk. Sorry, Perk, we can't do yeah, shows yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But from what I'm hearing, look, Steph looks great. Everything Perk just said, there is no reason to believe that he shouldn't come out 
where he left off and he's looking really good in his summer workouts. Well, and Steph is also going to make all the Eastern Conference or all the guards mad because been working out with Trey Young. Yeah. Trey Young has been stealing tips from the reigning finals MVP. They worked out for a week in Los Angeles. They also played together. And he did that because he wanted Steph to teach him how it would be like to play with DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Man, Steph is helping out the Hawks. And uh, that was, it was a great summer for Trey Young, who said his workouts with Steph were the best he's ever had. Mark, thank you for that insight. I'm going to be very clear once again. Perk, thank you for your thoughts on this. And Kendira, it is all. Kendi, how's it going? Oh, thanks. Nika Pika. Love being here with you. Nika Pika, Nika Pika, huh? Into the break before this gets worse. Still to come on NBA Today. More from our NBA rank. Don't miss Perk's take on that. We'll be back in 60 seconds. So NBA fans that happened to be watching Monday Night Football last night got a little treat. James Harden made a cameo appearance in the Eagles. Darius Slay picked off a pass that was intended for the Vikings' Justin Jefferson. And after a 19-yard return, Slay ran to the front row, handed the ball to James Harden. Some, you know, Philadelphia brotherly love going on there. The Eagles also took the W. And James Harden is going to be discussed tomorrow as we dive into the top 25 players in the ESPN NBA player rankings. You can see them in alphabetical order, the list of the players in the top 25. So real quick here, I want to start with you, Zach. Should James Harden be in the top 25? First, the ball didn't find him in game six against Miami. It's nice that the football found him, but yes, hey. James Harden, top hey. 25, no-brainer. Absolutely, still. What do you think, Kendrick? Oh, yeah, absolutely, he should be a top 25 player. I mean, arguably, one could say, you know, he was a top three or four point guard. Well, I mean, we was looking for him to score, but absolutely he should be in this list. What do you make of this, Brian? Yeah, I mean, top 25 is a no-brainer. What the, the Sixers need is him to be a top five, top eight player. That's what they're looking for this season from him. <laughs> and, and what is it going to take, do you believe, for him to get back there? That first step, Malika, he's got to get in position where he can recover from that hamstring injury and, you know, get his body in different condition at his age so he can get that first step back. That first step made him an MVP. The lack of the first step has us asking whether he should be in the top 25. Well, we're going to get more into this tomorrow. But before we go, Perk, based only on today's revealing of 100 through 26 players, one player you feel was ranked either too high or too low. Oh, it's Patrick Beverly. He was disrespected. He's not even in the top 100. How? How? How can you explain to me a guy, one of the few guys in the NBA that could affect the game by not scoring one single point? Patrick Beverly is a culture changer. We saw what he did with the Minnesota Timberwolves last year. Forget that he's picking you up 94 feet. Forget that he's bringing a certain type of tenacity to the locker room. But he's bringing winning to a culture. And when you have him on this team, you're going to win. Not a championship, but you're going to have a winning season. Zach? OG Ananobi at 75 is going to look silly in about two months. Brian? Andrew Wiggins a little high at 32. I respect how well he was last year, but that's a, that's a big number for Andrew Too Wiggins. low for Ananobi, by the way. Too low, I mean. Too, I was like, too high, too low for Ananobi. <laughs> well, only time will tell. We will get into the top 25. That is tomorrow on NBA Today, and NFL Live is coming up next. Allen off the play fake. Gives it to Gilliam. Kind of makes the people miss. Buffalo! Here's Allen on second and ten.